The Old Testament reading for today is from the book of Job, chapter 1 and part of chapter 2. Let's call this Job's not-so-great day. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and, his ser and the servants and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while that messenger was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, Yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Naamathite, heard that all heard all of the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their house and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Our second scripture comes from the New Testament uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 to 43. And this is regarding the death of Lazarus. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. 
No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. 
But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by, the t by this time there's a bad odor because he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Grief and faith, even Jesus cried. This week's bumper sticker theology theme is God needed another angel. After experiencing two losses in the past year myself and completing a grief educator course, I feel confident in saying, don't ever say that to someone who's grieving. I think most people would respond with something like, well, I'm selfish. I don't want her with God. I want her here with me. God is surrounded by angels. He isn't lacking for any. He is not picking out who he wants and when he wants them. He wants us to live and tell others of his love and the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Jesus wept. It is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. It is in the Gospel of John, and John is known as John the Beloved, and he refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. This story involves the family of Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. It's not made clear in the gospel how Jesus met them, but they are significant enough for them to be mentioned more than once. We're first introduced to Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Martha has opened her home to Jesus, and she's really annoyed that her sisters is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him instead of helping her get the food ready for their guests. I think that Jesus must have spent significant time with the siblings for him to cry at the death of Lazarus. Jesus knew that Lazarus died before he even went back to Judea. Jesus knew he could raise Lazarus from death. However, he still grieved. He cried for his friend. Think about the number of people that Jesus healed the number of people that he spoke to. And there's no specific mention of Jesus crying for other people. These two words, Jesus wept, are very powerful. Think about what is to come after this scene. Jesus will be arrested. He'll be betrayed by one of the 12. The other 11 disciples will run and hide. Peter will deny him three times. He will pray, asking God earnestly for God to remove this burden from him, and he sweats drops of blood. He is whipped. A crown of thorns placed on his head would be painful and cause wounds. He'd be humiliated. He would be nailed to a cross and pierced in his side. 
we do not read of any tears being shed. He did have concern for his mother and her welfare, which is why he asks John to take care of her. He cries out, it is done, as the last breath leaves his body, but there are no tears from Jesus mentioned. Why? Why tears for Lazarus? Tears show one's humanity. Jesus was the Son of God in human form. By being in human form, he experienced all the same moods and emotions that we experience. This family meant something significant to him. Perhaps his tears were for the pain Mary and Martha were feeling at the loss of their brother. Even though Jesus knew he could and would raise Lazarus from the dead, he still felt the pain, the grief the sisters were experiencing. Grief is an expression of love. Last year, my mother passed away in February. Earlier, earlier this year, in January, my father passed away. Grief is something that has consumed me in ways I never imagined. I say has because I'm still in the throes of it. It comes in waves, and when it does, I feel like a heavy weight blanket is on top of me, and I have no idea when the feeling will go away. Last year, we only had about a week after my mother's funeral to feel the impact of her death. Because a week after her funeral, my dad had an appointment with his oncologist where we found out his skin cancer had returned, and this time it was now in his lungs. From then on, it was getting him in for a consultation at Fox Chase Cancer Center and do what needed to be done so he could start treatment with his new doctor. The focus became getting dad the help he needed and wanted, and less on moving through the loss of mom completely. I recently completed an online course to be a grief educator. The instructor is the world's most renowned grief expert, David Kessler. If you're familiar with the five stages of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, David worked with her. They wrote some books together, and with her foundation's permission, he added a sixth stage to grieving, finding meaning. We want to know why our loved one died. We want to believe that there's a reason for this immense loss in our lives. I've learned two things. Everyone wants their grief witnessed and acknowledged. And the second thing is, the worst possible grief is your own. There is no hierarchy to grief. We never get over the loss of our loved one. We just learn to move on. The pain will ease, but there will always be some remnant there inside of us. Grief is not a reflection of our spiritual faith. It's an expression of love. When there are difficult relationships, there are difficult emotions when a loved one dies. You grieve the person you lost, and you grieve the person you hoped that they would have been. It's not true that you're not as faithful to God if you feel grief. Grief is a normal human reaction to a significant loss. Throughout the Bible, there are scriptures that encourage us to turn to God for comfort. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And in, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 4, 
Jesus encourages us, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There seems to be a thought or belief that if you're a Christian, then you'll have no problems. Nowhere in scripture does it say, follow me and all your troubles will be gone. God is not a magician and wipes all problems away. What he does do is give us comfort, reassurance that he is with us, and will be there in our times of need. Even when we are not talking to him, he is just a breath away. Jesus, we know, was God in human form. He was born among people so that people could witness God's love in person firsthand. I believe that is why Jesus wept. He was crying the tears that God himself must shed for us when he sees us in pain. Jesus felt the sadness just like any human would feel in that situation. Nowhere in this story did Jesus say to Martha and Mary, why are you questioning I wasn't here? Because right after that, they say, you know, why didn't you come right away? They say, I know that even now God will give, whatever, give you whatever you ask. Today, if someone we love died and there was a person who could bring them back and that person didn't arrive right away, we would be angry, maybe even resentful, very possibly turn away from them. Yet that is not what Mary and Martha did. Martha said, I know my brother wouldn't have died if you were here, but that ever powerful but, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha didn't skip a beat. She showed some disappointment, but then right away said she knows that he could do something if he asked God. She never questioned it. She just knew. We should never ever doubt our faith when we are grieving and asking, why God, why did you take my loved one? Or I have said, as I've said multiple times this year already, how the heck did this happen? How are we here already? Like, how? A few weeks after dad died, I was having an especially hard day. And I said to Dave, I feel like I'm floating. My foundation has been taken out from under me. I don't know what to do. I'm just floating. And recently I said to my sister, I feel like I'm floating on a raft and I'm paddling like heck to get to land. Psalms chapter, thir uh, chapter 34 verse 18 uh, says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Instead of turning away from God, we need to turn to him. And in those dark moments when we feel that God has abandoned us or doesn't understand what this loss means to us, we need to remember Jesus wept too.